You're listening to the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast with Joris Brion. Hey, this is Joris of the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast. And today I'm really excited to talk to Tal Rotman. Tal Rotman heads up uh, the partnerships and business development team at Namagoo. And Namagoo, that's N-A-M-O-G-O-O. And um, he works with solutions and technology partners to help their e-commerce customers recover tens of millions per year in lost revenue due to customer journey hijacking. And um, Tal, he has worked in, in technology across three continents and a multitude of roles, roles. but um, yeah, right now he's on a mission uh, to build awareness of this phenomena of uh, customer journey hijacking. And I'm guessing most of you will never have thought of or even heard of customer journey hijacking before. So I'm sure this is gonna be a very interesting episode. Tal, welcome to the podcast and I'm super happy to have you here. Thank you, Juris. Nice to meet you and nice to uh, be involved in this podcast. It's very exciting. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, first of all, you and your company, you're specialized in countering customer journey hijacking. And I, and I have to admit, I'm, I mean, I've been in the game for a long time and I had never heard of customer journey hijacking. And when you explained me what it was and showed me, I, and it's too bad this this isn't, yeah, this isn't a visual medium, but um, mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of, yeah, blew me away. Um, can, can you explain to me what exactly that is, customer journey hijacking? Uh, you're right. Uh, it, is a, it is a highly uh, visual phenomena. Um, so what I'll do is I'll actually give you an analogy to, um, uh, to kind of explain the problem. So um, just to give you that analogy, imagine you're at, a, at the Nike store and you're about to buy some, uh, some new running shoes. Um, and you know, you're right about at the, at the checkout and uh, somebody walks up to you and very quietly whispers to you, hey, I've got those same shoes for 50% off on the shop across the street. Why don't you come with me? Uh, and you say, sure, obviously, you know, 50% off, same shoes. Why wouldn't I do that? And so that, that uh, visitor, that customer is leaving the store because they, you know, got that competitive offer in the, in that, uh, the merchant's uh, uh, retail store. So that phenomena, that analogy is, is actually the phenomena of customer journey hijacking that's happening online. Uh, imagine you're on at the merchant site, Nike, for example, and you're looking at some shoes uh, at their at their website, and all of a sudden, you see a pop up for um, I don't know an Adidas ad, okay, or even worse, the same shoe that you're looking at for fifty percent off at a discount retailer. That actually is what's happening online, and it's it's uh, it's uh, very significant and and uh, something that a lot of people aren't aware of. No, and, and it, it, at first it seems like hard to understand because you're like, okay, I, 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 I'm not affiliated to any kind of ad network, so how can someone else steal my clients away? I mean, how exactly does it work? How, how does it occur? Um, that's, that's a good question. So um, it's actually a form of malware. It's a, a relatively new form of malware that's residing on the browser. It's called ad injection malware. And there's some academic research dating back to 2012 that, that speaks about it. And it's becoming um, more and more proliferant. It's, it's expanding. Um, uh, and this ad injection malware is um, occurring both uh, in, uh, in various geographies, uh, across different devices. Um, and this is actually how it's infecting the browser. You know, mes- many different types mm-hmm. of malware um, are are existing, and this is just one additional form of it. Okay, so how do I actually get that malware there? Um, so Me as a customer, so yeah, how do I get infected? Um, 
So it's it's actually pretty common, you know. Think about all the other forms of malware that are out there. We all know that they exist, um, and they're mm-hmm. and, and they're infecting our browsers. This ad injection malware is infecting browsers just like all those other forms, actually. Um, whether mm-hmm. it's through um, typically a, a kind of an extension, you know, you're installing a, an extension on your right. on your browser, or sometimes if you're using public Wi-Fi. Um, you know, you you might actually be agreeing to terms and conditions, which include you know various you know quote unquote marketing software. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some some actually we've we've even seen instances of the the Wi-Fi routers themselves having this uh, pre-built in, um, and okay. we even see it sometimes in legitimate uh, applications. You know, if you download, let's say, a CNET a PDF viewer from CNET. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that might actually have again this kind of uh, software piggybacking on the legitimate um, legitimate uh, application. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting is that this there's a whole ecosystem around the delivery of this uh, of the the malware, and you know it's it's a very developed uh, uh, ecosystem around that. Um, very interesting. Lots of academic research. Um, but it's it's very prevalent, and you know it's infecting all the different browsers out there. Yeah, is there any specific browser that um, yeah is more problematic than others? Um, so this is uh, where people often say, you know, well, I've got an Apple phone, uh, so you mm-hmm. know, I'm good, uh, and that's not the case actually. Okay. Um, you know, it's you know I mentioned extensions, so typically you know we see a lot of uh, interaction on Chrome, but it happens across Safari, it happens on different devices, mobile, tablets. Um, in fact, what we see um, is uh, when a new version of iOS will be released, we'll see you know, a down, uh, downturn in terms of the infection rates on those new iOS devices. And then we see it spike back up while the, you know, the malware uh, developers figure out how to infect that new form of the, the iOS. So you know, it really is a good on board. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so even Apple users—they're not really, uh, yeah. They should—they should worry as well, right? It's—it's—it really is across the board. Okay, cool. So, um, how how big is this problem? Do you have an idea of how many users out there might be affected? For instance, so today we analyze uh, over three billion sessions a week, and you know, okay. from our customer data, we're seeing infection rates of somewhere between fifteen to twenty-five percent on all of the different sessions that we're analyzing across the board. We actually um, produce a, an annual report of uh, customer journey hijacking where we, can, where we give some data you know, across the year, where we saw some seasonality. You know, during Black Friday, we see, definitely see spikes in the infection rates um, across mm-hmm. verticals and so on, which is all very interesting. But uh, the, the point being that really this is, it does, it does uh, affect across geographies, Across devices, it it really is very significant. Again, fifteen to twenty five percent is you know a range. You know, like I said, during Black Friday, we see upwards of thirty percent um, infection rates on some retailers. You know, particularly you know around uh, the U.S. or certain uh, geographies in Europe that participate on Black Friday and so on. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty big problem, and and, and just to make it clear to our listeners, it, is it always some kind of pop up, or are there different forms? Um, different ways to be hijacked. Yeah, the the hijacking takes different forms. Um, the the most successful uh, or compelling one is you know where it's a product ad for a, com- a competitive product ad. 
like I said, the, the shoes on Nike, for example, that appears in, in white spaces where you're used to seeing an ad on, an, on a publisher site. So if you go to, you know, a, a, a CNN.com or, you know, a, your, your uh, publisher of choice and you're seeing an advertisement in the white space, this is where the ad injectors will, will try to inject ads in because people are so used to seeing them there that they feel mm-hmm. like it's a native experience. But obviously... Nobody, you know, merchants don't advertise for other other companies, right? Sure. Um, but but people are so used to seeing them there that they feel they feel like it's a part of the native experience. Um, but there are other forms that are more obtrusive. You know, they sometimes will have a brute force redirect where you just suddenly pop from one site, you go to to the other site, or um, they might have popovers that are right on top of the page. You know, splat on top of the page, or they pop down. Those more obtrusive experiences. Mm-hmm. start to feel like there's a problem. And so if you're a visitor or buyer uh, in the buyer journey on a merchant site and you suddenly see this kind of stuff that's more obtrusive, maybe it's even um, you know something salacious like pornography or gambling, mm-hmm. um, and you start to say, hey, there's something wrong with the merchant site. They're, uh, you know what, maybe I won't give them my credit card details. So now they're going to start to uh, exit from the site, not only due to the competitive ad, by clicking the competitive ad, but also because they think that there's something wrong with the site and you have issues right. of checkout abandonment and card abandonment, uh, brand equity um, uh, issues. And those all you know, result in people leaving the site. Right. Yeah, because they don't trust it anymore. And if you don't trust the site, you're not going to take out your credit card, exactly. of course. Yep. Yeah. Um, just to be clear, so let's say um, I have an e-commerce site and uh, customers on my site, they're being hijacked. Um, and they see an ad of a competitor. It's not the competitor that is behind it, right? You're absolutely right. Um, the 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 competitor is just a buying ad space. You know the yeah. the the, affi- the affiliate um, uh, ad networks. You know which are so abst- uh, abstracted uh, between the uh, original buyer and the where the ad space is is located allows these um, malware companies, these ad injection companies, to actually get the the ad inventory and apply it to the the ads that they're actually demonstrating or uh, are appearing in the buyer journey. And what they're doing actually is they're 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 very intelligent. It's a very big business. Um, and so they're applying very advanced uh, development techniques to actually personalize the ad to the visitor. So mm-hmm. if you're in the in the process of buying some shoes, that's then they'll put pull inventory that are is most relevant to your buyer journey either through inline text analysis or image recognition. Sometimes they'll actually look at um, cookies and history um, and pull inventory, add inventory relevant to what you were looking at, you know, last week, for example. Maybe you were mm-hmm. looking to buy, you know, a gift for your for your loved one. Um, and so you'll suddenly see, you know, ads for those those products that you were looking at before. Um, so they're but they're highly customized again with one intention. The ad injection companies are looking to monetize by clicks, right? They get paid per mm-hmm. clicks, just like any other ad. They're getting paid per clicks. The impact of people leaving the site isn't really what they're after. All they care about are the clicks. But the net net effect is, of course, people are leaving uh, the, the merchant and the conversion files. Right, yeah. So that leads me to the question, why, why don't the browser developers fix this? So um, it's, it's a good question. Um, the browser developers, you know, they're, they are, there's a lot of, uh, Different types of malware out there, right? And that's mm-hmm. not their core competency. The the you know that they're not out there to 
to fix um, uh, other types of you know viruses and and uh, so on. Um, that's not what they do. And the main reason is because it's a lot of work. There's a lot of changes, mm-hmm. right? Think about malware. You you and I both know that there's always you know in the news you know a new form of malware kind of makes the news and everybody says oh you've got to install the latest patch and that sort of thing. Well, there's a lot of work uh, uh, involved in tracking all of those do- different new types of, of malware. Um, and so that's why there are companies that specialize in that. That's not what they do. You know, they're, they're there to produce you know, the, the customer experience um, and to develop a whole um, uh, product set around uh, blocking different types of malware is essentially another product. Okay. So the browser developers, they, they don't really fix it but it's still, it's happening on the browsers. I have an e-commerce site. So basically it's on the browser of my, uh, of my customers. So why, why sh- should I try to fix it as, as, a, as a retailer? Um, yeah, we, when we originally, you know, the companies have been around for five years. Um, mm-hmm. And when we uh, originally were pitching the products, we actually, you know, we're pitching it as a security product, right? It's, it's solving sure. a malware problem. But when we talk to uh, merchants, um, and we were talking to their security folks. They said, you know, well, is this happening inside my inside my um, my domain? You know, is it really? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is it? And we said, no. Well, it's happening on your customers. Well, that doesn't really interest me so much, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, and so that's that's a, a question that you know you might you might think of. But um, but if if I have a customer who if I'm a merchant and my customers are going through the conversion funnel and all of a sudden they're leaving the funnel, I've invested. Right. I've invested mm-hmm. so much money on, on developing that organic growth and are bringing that organic traffic to my site. And now you're telling me that 10 to 15% is actually, uh, or 25% in some cases, is actually leaving um, and, and uh, leaching out of my site. Of course I want to stop it. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's conversion. That's potential conversion that I could, I could actually um, you know, generate revenue throughout and, it's, and they're leaving my site. Not to mention you know, the impact to brand Loyalty, because people are concerned about leaving their, you know, uh, giving their credit card details and, and you know, associating all sorts of uh, unsavory advertisements mm-hmm. to my brand. There, there's a significant impact to both the brand and, most importantly, to the revenue, to the bottom line, uh, because of this problem. And I, I may not have even known about it. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And uh, can you tell me how, how do you fix it with Namago? Sure. Um, the, the, the solution that we're fixed, that we're, we're using is actually a very commonly accepted, uh, deployment technique used by SaaS vendors. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, it's, it's a single line of code. It's one line of JavaScript code, uh, often okay. called a tag or a pixel. Many, uh, companies out there are using tag managers, uh, mm-hmm. to deploy such software. And to use that is incredibly easy. Now we deployed, um, uh, and, and one of the largest uh, uh, clothing brands, uh, brick and mortar clothing brands, um, deployed with them in 15 minutes across all of their their brands globally. So, um, you know, it's really really easy to deploy. Um, now, the the net benefit of deplo- of doing this and blocking this um, injection uh, is to be clear, it's a revenue uh, benefit. And we actually quote a two to five percent increase in conversion by deploying this technology and blocking it. Um, and so, uh, the, I, I just want to reiterate the the benefit to the the merchant is significant revenue uplift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. So you you um, put single line of code on on, on the side, and behind it, Namago um, is 
constantly keeping up to date with what's happening mm-hmm. um, in, in the hijacking sphere and all the new techniques and whatnot and make sure that all of that gets blocked, right? Yeah, so basically that, that single line of JavaScript code is actually pulling um, a, our, our software from our CDN and it's running inside the browser. Now it's running in the, um, inside the, the DOM, which is unrendered JavaScript. Mm-hmm. We're basically running inside mm-hmm. the brain of the browser. And then we identify okay. those ad injectors. We know the, all of the ad injectors that are out there. We identify and block them in real time before they become visible. So um, we're actually, um, the, the experience is basically neutral. The, the visitors who would have experienced that ad injection, that, that customer journey hijacking, no longer experience it. Now, what's unique about our solution, and just to tie back to your question about the, the browser um, developers, we're mm-hmm. actually looking, as I said, at you know, millions of sessions per week, and we're leveraging machine learning to identify new forms of the malware. Just like any mm-hmm. other malware, they, the, these ad injections, uh, ad injecting companies are developing new forms. They're morphing and mutating. And so we leverage all of these sessions, this crowdsourced intelligence, to identify the new forms of, of ad injectors. We have many different types of machine learning algorithms that are running on the sessions to identify them and flag them up. Now, one note, we don't let the machines make the decisions because we don't want any false positives. So we actually right. will flag up suspected um, um, ad injection malware, and then we have a human curation team that will uh, validate, make sure that this is indeed a new form of ad injector, and then we're adding them to a list of ad injections that we stop uh, in the in the when people are actually uh, viewing the, the the next page. So it's um, it's very uh, very um, effective, and um, it allows us to keep on top of the the ad injectors. And that's actually what helps us to maintain those committed two to five percent conversion uplift that we commit to our to our uh, retailers. Right. Um, so the the human check that also ensures that you don't block anything uh, legitimate, right? Exactly. Um, so there's two types of legitimate software. There might be something you know um, uh, other SaaS vendors just like Nomogu that are actually deploying. And we don't want to block them. We don't want to block anything that they, anything new that they put on. Um, and um, we also don't want to, um, we also don't want to block anything uh, that the visitor intentionally put on. You know, there's price comparison tools out there. There's all kinds of extensions, mm-hmm. um, and we don't want to block the, you know, the cut what the customer legitimately installed on their on their browser. So sure. we um, we actually, you know, are are ensuring that that doesn't happen. Uh, by having those, you know, the human uh, check, double check the machines. Cool. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, I guess. I say Namagu, but it's Namagu. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we we hear it all the time. It's uh, the, the word is actually uh, a biblical word in Hebrew. The company okay. originates in Israel. It means to vanish. Namogu is to vanish. And that's basically what we're doing to uh, customer journey hijacking. Okay, yeah, I already wondered about that name. Cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's say I have Nemogo installed on my side, but I, I mean, I'm not infected. So how, how can I be sure that you're actually blocking it? That's a, that's a question that we, we hear a lot, right? Um, mm-hmm. What is this magic? How can I be confident? Yeah. And it's, it's a new sphere, right? The whole, the whole sphere of, of uh, malware, but ad injection malware is so new 
Um, it's an innovative solution, but it also leads to a lot of skepticism, which is fair, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so what we do is we actually, we put our money where our mouth is and we prove it. Um, we actually uh, test our, our um, value proposition with the customer uh, by running an A-B test, right? And I'm sure mm-hmm. you know, many of your customers and, and uh, the folks who are listening in on this podcast are familiar with A-B testing, but mm-hmm. just at a high level, we're actually... Um, putting uh, the Nomogu solution on 50% of the visitors that are um, coming to the any to that particular merchant, uh, we're putting them on 50%. And 50%, they're running without Nomogu's solution. And then we just measure over some some weeks, we measure the, the, the deltas between those two groups. And that's actually how we measure how many sessions are, are actually experiencing the problem, what infection, uh, what, uh, what we call infection rate, what percentage... What is the conversion uplift? That's how we measure the revenue uplift. We can actually, what we do is we actually measure all of these things and we, we feed that into the customer's analytics. We'll tell the customer's analytics platform which um, sessions are actually experiencing the problem and which ones mm-hmm. we blocked, uh, which ones we blocked. And that will, in all of those measures and the, the measures of conversion and revenue uplift, revenue per visitor are all being measured on the customer's analytics platform. So we're doing the split or the A-B test with the customer's analytics uh, split platform. We're measuring all of the, the revenue metrics on the customer's analytics platform. So the, the, all of that, the issues of skepticism and credibility are actually eliminated because the measurements are actually being done on their side. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's really important to us because, because again, we're, we're, you know, we're, we accept that there's healthy skepticism of the phenomena and the, and the problem and actually the, the revenue that we are committing to, to helping bring to the merchant. And that's why we offer to, to do this test uh, with the customer. Yeah, cool. Because I, I personally, I've, I've been infected. Well, my browser has. Mm-hmm. I have been infected, I, I guess, like once a couple of years ago. So it, sometimes it's... It, it may be hard to believe for people who haven't been affected uh, at, at all. Um, so it's, it's, it's great that you have a clear cut way to show the results um, of, of what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're saying like, so you, typically you see a two to 5% conversion rate improvement. That, that, that's quite a lot. How, how can it be so much? Um, yeah, it's, it, we get that question a lot as well. I mean, it's, it's, you know, significant, um, you know, e-commerce, uh, uh, departments are fighting for points of conversion rate uplift. You know, if you think about the the millions of dollars that that can equate to, um, some, in some cases, tens of millions of dollars, uh, in additional revenue, um, again, a lot of healthy skepticism. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the, the interesting things, you, if you think about that, that infection rate, the 15 to 25% of sessions, um, they, you know, if we're actually cleaning their sessions and they're going through the conversion funnel, um, they have the opportunity to, to uh, complete the conversion funnel. And the other thing, the interesting thing that you have to think about is these are the types of people who are clicking those links. They're looking at the competitive product ads and they're saying, oh, that's interesting. So they're mm-hmm. actually more, um, they're a, a, a warmer buyer. They are actually more likely to, to um, continue down the conversion funnel and actually convert. And we actually see this um, in the data as well. When we, uh, we actually noticed this a number of years ago, when we looked at, we did some data analysis after we had, you know, deployed with one of our customers and we found this to be the case. We actually found that um, the infected population, that 15 to 25% of visitors that actually we had cleaned, 
they were converting at something like two to three times the baseline. That's, oh, that's okay. That's huge, exactly. And mm -hmm. what we're finding is that this this group is you know more digitally either they're more digitally native, they're more um, uh, they're more of an uh, online shopper. They're also more likely, they're more price conscious. They're more likely to jump off and and buy elsewhere uh, or to be digitally distracted as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so all of those factors combine um, lead to that increase uh, the increased likelihood of of them converting. And that's actually why we see, you know, those increases of conversion rate. A, we're cleaning the experience, but B, these are the types of people who are more likely to buy as well. So they, and they do once we clean the experience. Now, what's interesting as well is, if you think about that, that, you know, 15, 20, 25% of your visitors that are uh, two to three times more likely to convert, that's a very interesting segment. That's actually yeah. a VIP segment, right? Um, and that's something that's a um, something that we took on with some of our retailers where we did this project, and we actually integrated into a number of different personalization and behavioral analytic platforms where they were able to then you know run some more aggressive or experiment with different personalization campaigns because this is a very interesting segment, and we're seeing some very interesting results. And it's another way. You know, as a secondary part of our value proposition, another way to actually generate additional uh, revenue with your visitors after we clean their experience. That makes total sense. Cool. Yeah. And then is there like anything else in the mobile is, is working on? Uh, we are. Um, so uh, our roadmap is, is uh, you know, full of uh, interesting ideas. But one of the, the very interesting things that we've um, been developing is a number of different modules to provide you intelligence on what your different uh, SaaS vendors are doing. So Nomogu, you know, is just one of many different SaaS vendors. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, uh, and one of the interesting things that we found as a result of, you know, the GDPR campaign last year in, in Europe and, and some other, you know, privacy issues, you know, some SaaS vendors are very well in control of their, te of their technology, but some, you know, they, they might make a mistake and, and accidentally release, you know, some private data, some personal data. We're actually, mm -hmm. uh, we've built a module that's, you know, coming out. We're in the early stages of, of deploying it across some of our customers. But this is a, a, a capability where we're able to tell you about, um, you know, the different vendors and, uh, and you know, whether they're actually keeping your customers' data um, safe. Um, and that's, that's a, a very exciting solution that we're, yeah. we're expecting to see um, hit the market uh, on, a, on a wider scale very soon. Wow, cool. Well what is very soon next couple of weeks months uh we're probably looking at you know later this year yeah mm -hmm. okay <laughs> mm -hmm. could be anything <laughs> no, no. anyway mm -hmm. cool yeah that, that sounds great um hey Dal, this has been really great and and we could probably nerd on for hours and hours uh but we're running out of time and i want to make sure people know um how they can find namogo um how they can learn more about you um yeah what's what's the best place for people to connect with you Obviously, the best place is you know www.namogu.com, uh, but uh, you can always uh, reach out to, directly to me on uh, LinkedIn or any of the folks on on Namogu. Um, we have lots of highly referenceable customers, and you can see some of our case studies on our on our website. And you know you can also reach out to to Juris himself, and uh, he can tell you more. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I can uh, put you in touch with, uh, well, anyone who's listening in touch with, uh, with Tal. Um, anyway, thank you so much for being here, Tal. It's been absolutely great. 
Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it. The e-commerce excellence podcast is sponsored by Dexter.agency. We help e-commerce business owners scientifically increase revenue without needing more traffic. Ready to discover a more reliable way to increase conversion and, more importantly, revenue? Register for our free training, The 5 Transformations That Double E-Commerce Profits, at dexter.agency webinar.